looking back in onto the life of your kid it's possibly more important to to create those moments of connection and to be there for them emotionally and for yourself like create the space for yourself create time for yourself for your mental health that is much more important and a better indicator for success than school grades please share we can do better I don't believe in the rigid 9 to 5 40-hour work week. Life is short and people spend way too much of it working. You deserve more time to do the things that light you up so you can show up in the world as the best version of yourself. The Pretty Sure We Can Do Better podcast will explore all the ways you can create more freedom and flexibility in your life so you will feel less stressed and more empowered to make a difference in the world. The world needs you to be happier. The world needs you to feel more fulfilled. The world needs you to smile more and I know we can get you there. Each week we will hear from people who are doing this well. We will gain insights into how they are creating the life they've always wanted. I'm your host, Angie Cazares, and together I'm pretty sure we can do better. Hey everyone, welcome to Pretty Sure We Can Do Better. I am honored to share our guest's story this week, Kirsten Kirsteiger. Kirsten is a life and leadership coach, and she primarily works with moms. But I definitely want you to listen to this episode, even if you aren't a mom, because her story, what I love about Kirsten and her story and her journey through parenthood and her career is that at every point where she came up you know, with some friction or a moment where she needed to decide, you know, how to adjust, she she just really took the time to evaluate, okay, what is going to be best for me? What is going to be best for my family? What's best for the kids? And she really sat with that question and, and thought about what is does everybody need? How is this going to affect our lifestyle? And she wasn't afraid to make those adjustments, even when it seemed scary and even when it was something that didn't seem natural to her, wasn't something that she thought, okay, this is definitely part of my path. She had to learn new things, but she just dove in and made the appropriate adjustments and followed her intuition on what she thinks is best for her family. And so I love that so much. And you'll love her story, and I hope that you find it inspiring, and I hope that I want to encourage you to do the same. You know, really take the time to think about what you want, what you need, and make those adjustments, even if it's scary. All right, so here she is. Here's Kirsten. Kirsten, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Super excited to introduce you to my audience. (laughs) Yeah, I hope I have some interesting stories to share. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, let's let's start. Tell us a little bit about about you and your background and then um we'll go from there. Okay, so me, it's a long story and a very long windy road. Um I'm originally from Austria, from Salzburg, and I in high school I was interested in chemistry, so I started to study science and chemistry. And I basically went all the way through um, master's, PhD, and then ended up doing my postdoc in San Diego. And I had moved from Spain to San Diego with my husband. And like halfway through, we I, be, I became pregnant with my first. Mm-hmm. And 
it just, there were two things that happened in my mind. One was the way science was done in the US was really exciting in a way because there was a lot of money available to do experiments and to do really, really big projects, which was not so much available in Europe. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it was very solo. It was a lot of solo effort. Like everybody was trying to push really hard and there was less collaboration. In Europe, labs usually are smaller. And so there's a lot of collaborative effort. Okay. And yeah. I really missed that in the United States. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I somehow realized that I didn't want to go on the academic track. And with my first, you know, I, I had had the typical go back to work, like a short uh, maternal leave mm-hmm. compared to Austria. In Austria, we can choose how long we want to go and our income adjusts um, accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But there is like, you know, pros and cons to that system too. Sure. Um, so anyways, I had my short maternity leave and then I basically was working because I was on a five-year appointment. I wanted to finish my projects, but I realized that I'm basically working to pay for childcare. And I didn't see my son very much. Um, We had a really cool um, family daycare. uh, So it worked out really well for my son. I think he was really well taken care of, but for me, it was not not enough. Right, yeah, yeah. And then, hmm, then... Is your is your husband also from Austria? He's from Spain, so we're both European. Okay. But yeah, in the meantime, he had found a job that he really loves and that gives him a lot of flexibility. and And it's basically still our our main income and and our pillar for for the family. Sure. But um, so in terms of my my work life, I started moving away from science in my head already, and I started preparing to do more business classes. I did a um, it was called micro MBA at okay. San Diego. And so I was starting to build up other skills. I was volunteering and leading committees and on the board. Um, so I was diving already into leadership, consu- not consulting, but you know, I was really interested in the topic and was learning more and more about it. But we had a really, really traumatic accident with my son. Um, he was run over by a car and and I think it just shifted everything for us. Wow. We were, yeah, he was very lucky. He survived. He was, I mean, he's he hardly has any, like if you look yeah. at him, you would never tell. But it shifted everything in us. Like we wanted to be more present with our family. We really, I was already pregnant with my second. So I became a stay-at-home mom to be more with them, but also to... For the reason that because of my postdoc, it's a five-year appointment, it ran out of time. And yeah, so I really left science completely behind. And I, I was a stay-at-home mom for two years, mm-hmm. really soaking in the moments, although it was a lot of struggle, of course, with me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but then I realized I can't do stay-at-home. Um, I, I needed adult conversations again, and I needed yeah. to do something for myself. And so when my daughter was old enough to go to a Montessori preschool. We sent her there. And then another turn of events <laughs> basically led to my son suddenly not being happy at that school anymore. So just when I was getting started to go back to work, to figure mm-hmm. out what I wanted to do, everything changed again. And so my son, we decided to keep him in kindergarten at that school 
and my daughter was at that school too. Yeah. And she struggled extremely. Like she had a lot of meltdowns in the in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. And so from their struggles, we basically decided we were going to start to homeschool. Okay. <laughs> so that was never our plan. Um, and is now a, an integral part of who we are. Um, yeah. It's really, yeah. it's given us so much flexibility. And like your podcast is about building a lifestyle. So, Absolutely. So I did, I went on the journey still. I kept going, finding some jobs where I could bring in an income, but still have yeah. flexibility. So I tried out some part-time jobs. I became a yoga instructor, which was part of the healing process too, for me. Um, yeah. When yeah. the accident happened, but, but yeah. Fit, so a yoga instructor, I became a mountain bike instructor. Um, that didn't work out with family life so well, because that's a job that you do on weekends. So I was sadly not present on weekends anymore. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> lots of trial and error and and trying to find what I wanted to do and then talking to my friends like what am I good at? What yep. skills do I have? Where can I bring something to somebody? And it, basically a lot of people said I'm a good listener. I'm see things objectively. I can help them. You know, sometimes we ourselves, we don't see the woods from all the trees. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so kind of that and our journey into positive parenting and all that that work that I did Mm -hmm. um, led me to become certified in emotional intelligence. Awesome. So my idea was to bring in leadership training, so emotional intelligence training into companies Mm -hmm. to change their company culture to a more humane one. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> it is. I think there's you yeah, it's a huge benefit. It's it's also a hot topic too now. Yeah. And I think the pandemic showed that it's even even more important to keep investing in your in your people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So emotional intelligence and and go so you were actually going into the companies when you when you started? Or has it always is it virtual now or how does that look? So yeah, that has changed, of course. Um, that part, I just started the company, or yeah, I just yeah. started. Yeah, I finished my education um, with the training company, and I started uh, with some outreach and some, um, you know, sort of prospecting, prospecting for clients by giving um, EI talks, emotional intelligence talks, and I got some clients that did assessments with me and. So it's usually an assessment and then a debrief where you go over the results and how they can improve. However, the ideal um, process would be to book a six time session, like where you really, you do a time one assessment um, with your team. And then you work every two to three weeks, ideally, you work on one topic and you work through it. And then at the end, you do a second assessment to see if there was growth, if there was development in, and maybe identify new areas of development. So that is the ideal situation. However, with the pandemic, I didn't, I didn't yeah, book anyone yeah. and we swapped it to, to doing it on Zoom. Mm-hmm. But I kind of pivoted. So, <laughs> yeah. So I changed my, uh, focus a little bit on working parents and especially working moms because with the pandemic there was a lot of talk on LinkedIn how how working parents couldn't work and 
yeah. do the childcare at home or do remote schooling, which is even even more work than right. just kind of keeping your kids safe and alive. So I wrote a lot of po- blog posts about trying to calm down the nervous system of these parents, like saying, hey, it's okay if school is not happening right now. Right, right. Um, but your kids are learning other things. So, you know, be kind of the leader in the home and teach them other skills, Mm -hmm. um, make a lot of room for connection with your kids, harness the power of slowing down your life because it has slowed down for a lot of people for a while at least. And so I was trying to find the positive things and trying to instill emotional intelligence into parents' lives. Mm -hmm. That's huge. I think it. I think it was a good. <laughs> I think it was a good way of trying to connect to them and trying to to really show them, because looking back, this pandemic. I mean, now we're in the second year. It is going on longer than a lot of us thought, but, and it is weighing heavy on us, on all of us. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. There is this pandemic fatigue. Um, yep. So it is. It is difficult, but looking back in onto the life of your kid it's possibly more important to to create those moments of connection and to be there for them emotionally and for yourself like create the space for yourself create time for yourself for your mental health that is much more important and a better indicator for success than school grades yeah i 100 100% agree so yeah i think that's that's super important and i remember like at the beginning you were saying how it was hard it's hard you didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom that wasn't kind of part of your picture so how how did you sort of make that mind shift for yourself when you were like okay my kids aren't doing well in the school setting and and so maybe we do want to consider homeschooling how did you personally make that that shift of of the mindset because you know, that wasn't necessarily something that you deep down desired, but you just sort of embraced it, it seems. Yes, I I think it's with, it it might be part of my personality. And I I am a scientific person. So I I just dive into learning about what, what, what options are out there? What is the science behind it? How how could it help my my life? But it's true. I never envisioned being a homeschool mom. And I remember, because in, in Europe, you don't really homeschool. Um, in some countries, it's illegal. In others, like in Austria, you can, but it's very tied to the school system. So you have to do testing each year to keep going. But so it was nothing that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And my first exposure to it was in the States. And so I just did what I, I, I asked people I knew. I, I asked moms. I knew that how did, like, what does homeschooling yeah. look like? What is it? I, one of my, so we were in a Montessori um, school and our, the, the whole time that we had the kids, you know, I was not ever influenced by any parenting uh, ideals or parenting I, I had nothing because not I was the career woman in, in academia nobody around me had had kids none of my friends had kids yeah so when I became a mom everything was just like totally new I was like a blank sheet of paper and I started you know whatever developed 
And and so we we read into attachment parenting and Montessori is something that really resonated with us, where you basically look at each person and try to identify their potential. Like you um, you set up the home so that they can become independent. They can okay. do as many things as they are interested in by themselves. So my kids learn drinking out of a glass of a shot glass um, <laughs> yeah. by age 18 months. We did elimination communication. So we always were really in tune or they were in tune with their body signals. So a lot of it just came naturally. And now looking back when the decision came, it was really a difficult moment because we didn't expect to homeschool. But one of the people I followed on, on social media was a friend who was a Montessori teacher. And I actually was even thinking of swapping schools, going to her Montessori school because she was uh, she's, she happened to be local for us in San Diego. Okay. And then one day I read that she, she decided to pull her kids out at homeschool. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and I only knew her from social media. I didn't know her personally at that point. Sure, sure. And so I connected with her. I'm like, um, I was just going to tour your school. I wanted my kids to be in your classroom. <laughs> you, know? right. you can't do this to me. Um, and then so we had a long discussion about what Montessori is. Can you homeschool and still follow Montessori philosophy and stuff like that? And I also tapped into another friend who is actually an unschooler. So that's even the, the more liberal branch where you don't really do any formal schooling. You let the kids yeah develop and and just you know support their interests mm -hmm. and the more I read the more it became evident to me that it is kind of something that we've been doing since they were babies we've always followed their lead we've always just been their support yeah and yeah and now like I said I couldn't even imagine it in any other way um, I mean your listeners don't know but we <laughs> live in San Diego most uh, of the year and our dream was to to see if we want to move back to the to the to Europe and so for now we've been trying we've been building up everything in a way so that we can do that four mm -hmm. months out of the year and so this year this year is the first time we're doing it nice and we're at my mom's house at the moment and yeah I we, we couldn't do it without homeschooling like there's no school that would accept us moving yeah that makes sense countries yeah that definitely makes sense yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I love that you just embraced it and and saw how it actually is way more flexible for you. And there's a lot more freedom, freedom in that. So, so how do you tend to now, uh, working is your, so is your, I'm assuming your husband's job is also flexible that he can kind of work from anywhere or how, how does that work? Or are they just being flexible with that? Um, that's an interesting story too because he was like I said he's super happy at his job and he's very independent he always could work from home yeah so yeah. with he had the first manager he had he basically was working from home and they they would meet up every now and then in a coffee shop to have their meetings when the structure changed a little bit and our son went to school my, my husband did the, the drop-off so mm -hmm. since it was the same direction he already went he kept going and went to the office and it became kind of a habit for him to go to the office that later when we started homeschooling, it was difficult for him to not do that. Oh and, yeah. You know, to use that time instead of the commute 
to be with family or to do something else for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so the habit it was difficult to break, but then the desire was there to create more flexibility. Yeah. And so what they did, they started talking about it. Was it, I don't know if it was right before the pandemic or it was a little bit into, I think it was a little bit into the pandemic. So my husband was working from home and every, like the whole office shut down. And then they started talking about it. And he was like, hey, I really would like to see if my family wants eventually to move to Europe. Mm-hmm. And so we would like to work part of the year out of Europe. Is there any way we could do that? And so their first response was like, that's impossible. Yeah. But everybody's working remotely right now anyways, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, so in the beginning, they were like, mm, no, we don't do that. And then his, his first manager heard about it and he was like, hey, there is actually a project that we wanted to do with France. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we could do that. And so now they're trying to set up this project between France and their um, company where my husband would be in charge of connecting their platforms. Basically, he's, he okay. does some... He does TIS and, and, you know, some online stuff that I don't understand. Right. <laughs> so, but basically what they wanted to do, they wanted to actually create this project. Now with, through the pandemic, it has been postponed and it's not been so easy because, they're, you know, for the company, it's a little bit more involved. Where will he be paid from? And so, so that's a bit, yeah, yeah, that's a bit tricky, but they're working on it. And so this time around, we came because my mom needed surgery and everything went well so yeah um yeah. but um so basically he but, came and he said okay we'll just take we have to take care of her so we'll see how long we stay and again everybody's working remotely at the moment it's a bit of an adjustment time-wise because we're so far ahead in the time right. zone so he's working late nights now but but yeah it's it's been working I don't think he's he's not been able to deliver and I think it's it's a possibility of mind shift, mindset shift for the company as well, because yeah. a lot of his teammates have moved out of state, have moved to different countries. So there might be a lasting change that, that stays. Yeah, that's like maybe the one blessing of, of COVID is <laughs> people are, are seeing now that, hey, maybe we can work from anywhere and be on different time schedules and all of that. So could be a blessing in disguise for you guys in that way. So that's good. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I mean, from the discussions that I see in the workplace, it's definitely there, there are some shifts happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's cool. I was just curious about about how that was working for you guys. So back to back to um, what you're doing with emotional intelligence and, and coaching parents and moms. What what tips might you have for for the me's of the world who are, are dealing with, <laughs> who are dealing with the little ones at home and balancing the work and trying to, to stay sane and give ourselves what we need. What, what, what's like this, the best kind of first step we can take there? Well, I think the first step is to take care, like schedule in self-care because it is just, if, if we are not feeling well, it, it just, you know, it, it has this trickle effect and everybody is feeling miserable in, at home. If you're like in a really, really bad spot, get professional help. But otherwise, you know, there's like, you can do meditation, you can listen, take time to yourself, 
go for yeah. walks, get outdoors, um, sunlight, vitamin D, you know, it, it all helps. Um, pop in a nice podcast or some music, do some exercise. So all those things that help us. And we have to recognize from an emotional intelligence standpoint, we have to recognize that we are emotional beings, whether we have learned to express our emotions and, and you know, react rather as a respond to our emotions rather than react from a place of fear or anxiety. And it is it is in our system. Like we have this emotional brain, brain and the, the thinking brain, if we make it very simple. And so our our body is detecting danger or threats and rewards all the time. Mm -hmm. And so the pandemic basically has had us in this state of alertness, in this state of worry for a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's hard. And now put on top that it's difficult for us, the kids with their developing brains, for them it's even even more difficult. So now their behaviors, spending a lot of time together, if you're not used to it, it just, you know, it, it can get really, really heavy. So that's why I think scheduling a time for yourself it's yeah. really important. Um, and then what what really helps in a, like since you're spending a lot of time off pressure, like looking at your life from a standpoint of what do I want from life? What do I want? What do I want for my family? What do I want for my kids? Because like I said, if they are not doing well with remote learning or distance schooling, I honestly, I know it's difficult for parents to hear because they want them to have good grades and they think that this is the really important thing. Yeah. But I think it is so much more important to really build connection with them. So what we did a lot was game nights. Like I bought the first thing I, I ordered when everything shut down was board games and it's just, you know, it brings the family together. Those are memorable moments that you create. And there, there, there are games out there where learning happens. So it's it's not even, um, you know, just for fun. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, I would say, you know, invest in the time to connect and to be open about your challenges. I mean, depending on the age of your kids. Um, I tell my kids when, when I don't feel well, I tell them, hey, right now I need a moment to myself. And sure. you know, that's also part of why I say um, being a mom is a leadership position is because we are modeling to our kids how we show up, what we need, how to set those pr appropriate boundaries. Like when I need time to myself, I can say, hey, right now is not the moment. I'll come back when I feel better or when I'm rested or, you know. Right, so right. I think... You know, looking into the future more, not not just the grades of this year. If you bring your vision towards three, five years from now, what do I want? I think it's much easier to to find a little bit of more calm and and uh, groundedness. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And and um, looking at at your kids and seeing what they need in adjusting. I know there are a lot of people who are, especially, I don't know in the States if it's, if it's more so, but are really focused on, on the academics and not wanting their kids to fall behind. And there have been a few, few of my friends where I, I've, I've said, Hey, you know, I mean, 
if your kid is feeling stressed out, like just, just go play. Like, don't, don't, don't worry about so much about, oh, they're not getting all the assignments done. I mean, if the, if it's stressing both of you out, like, you know, just be honest with the teacher, even, I mean, just explain what you need and that this is too much. And I'm going to focus on the emotional well-being of me and my kid. <laughs> and so, yeah, there have definitely been times this year where I've thought, okay, the e-learning, if this continues, I might pull and do homeschooling or, you know, it's just, if it's stressful, then looking at that moment of, you know, why are we feeling so stressed out? Like, what do I need? What do my kids need? And, and I love that you've been, I love your story and that in every moment of those challenges that come up, that's what you seem to be doing really well is just checking in with you, your husband, the kids and what, okay, what do we need now? And, and adjusting to that and building your life around it, which is so awesome. So cool to see. <laughs> Thank you. I try, I try. It's, it's challenging because it is slower than I would, would wish like my business, for example, but it's also, I, I know at the moment it's just not possible in another way. Like, yeah. Yep. I'm the exact same way. It's for anybody listening. I was also on Kirsten's podcast and we talked about this a little bit was just it, it definitely both of us starting our own businesses and kind of at the beginning stages, it's like you want, you're passionate about it too. So you want to jump into that a hundred percent, but then, you know, you also have the kids and it's balancing both. Do you ever feel guilty a little bit of like, Oh, I, you know, I, I know I do. I, I, if I'm working on business things, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I need to be spending time with the kids. And if I'm spending time with the kids, I'm thinking about wanting to be doing business things. And so do you ever feel that way? Yes, sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, my situation right now, since we're also in my mom's home is that my, my work time is really, 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 very, very limited. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I get up in the mornings and I do early morning focused work. And I, I work one weekend day. I work like a block so I can get bigger things done um and this is why I have the feeling that I'm behind in business because I I can't dedicate as much time but towards the guilt I would say again for me it might be easier in a way because since we are homeschoolers my kids see me you know for a lot of parents the kids went to school they went to work and it was so separated that the kids didn't know exactly what the parents were doing and what work would look like so in my case it's different because they have seen me you know they see me read things they see me work on things they see me record podcasts um, so I kind of for me it's also showing them that if you're interested in something you learn the appropriate things that you need, you know, you learn different skills. So for me, it's more the mindset of lifelong learner that I'm actually modeling by building my business. And that, that helps me not feeling so guilty. That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. I really, really love that. Do you have any other tips that, that as a working parent you might do in terms I know you've worked with companies as well so I, I think with the pandemic what we've seen is that work and life is not so separate right and working parents really lost the support system because 
either the kids were at school when while they worked or they were in daycare and not none of that was open for a long while yeah and I really loved seeing those the shift of the discussion because on LinkedIn it was in the beginning it was more about kids are interrupting what do I do how do I keep my kids out of meetings and then towards the end it was like you know I mean that's just who I am I am mom and or dad and I'm the caretaker at the same time so there are there will be interruptions there will be um, adjustments that I need because they have the meetings at the same time I have meetings so I think a real uh, a recommendation that I have is to be really to have those open honest authentic conversations with your um, I don't know manager or you know yeah but wh- whoever you have in your in your um, circle bring yeah. that up bring up what adjustments what type of adjustments you need when not to schedule uh, meetings I had some guests on my podcast and they were saying that they were saying that they put it into their schedule like Mm -hmm. when they had to go pick up kids or when they had to to guide them through an online learning session they would just block their calendars so I think it's really important to think that it's not only you going through this situation there's a lot of people going through the same and I think if you're the first to mention it it might be the difficult, a difficult step to do, but it will open up the company culture a lot. You know, mm-hmm. the more open and the more vulnerable we become, the better usually the company culture gets. Yeah, that's that's a great point. It's just it's just like they always say, never be afraid to ask a question because somebody else probably has the same question. So just being the one to initiate those conversation is is really good and hopefully will be accepted as more people start to also chime in with what they need. And I love that suggestion of putting it on your calendar. I I've had people that I work with that have even, you know, end of the workday, they actually put a notification in their calendar that this is the end of the workday for me right now. And, you know, I even suggest go take a walk around the block and come back. And then that's when you're home from, you know, home from work, just some change of scenery and mindset shift of not working anymore. Now I'm home. And so, yeah, it's just so important to put those boundaries up and protect that time. And even with a lunch break, putting a lunch break on the calendar. So huge. Awesome. Well, are there any other tips? I mean, this has been so interesting. I love, I love your journey. I mean, if, if, there was somebody who is thinking about, you know, maybe making the transition to homeschooling. I know I have some friends who, because of the pandemic are thinking, oh, I might actually try homeschooling a little longer term. And, you know, is there anything, if that seems really scary or making, you know, starting your own business, even just sort of how to kind of get in the mindset of, of taking the risks perhaps of making a lifestyle change? Yeah, hmm. there's a lot of things in there. Um, <laughs> I know, as, sorry. As, as for, well, I think the overarching concept that I would look for is find your people. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with people who do it, who have a similar ideal, who follow similar um, standards or, you know, like people that, who you can identify with. Like yeah. for me, building my business, I started out following some business gurus mm-hmm. and then I, I felt so bad because I couldn't put in the hour, you know, I, I just could not, I wasn't competing with them, but I could not be 
as successful as others because I just simply didn't have the time. Yeah. So surround yourself with people who are in a similar situation or you're aspiring to, you know, like where you want to be. Yeah. Let, let's say a couple of steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And then really think about what you want from life is I think we, we so often forget that. Like I said, I mean, I, I'm, I did my academic career. I think I went just, you know, I just did the next step and that's the next step. And I think one of the hardest things for me was to, to let go of being a scientist because mm-hmm. I had put in so much time. Yeah. yeah. And because of, you know, everybody knew I was a scientist and I'm like, so, so how come you're a coach now? You know, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's really hard to try to keep up with expectations that others have. So forget about that. <laughs> like, do it's your so own thing. hard. Yeah. It's so hard. The, oh, the expectations. That's huge. Yeah. Do your own thing. And, you know, like surround yourself with the people you, you feel you find inspiring and, and you can, mm-hmm. you can get help from. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's so important. And it's huge. And I love what you said about either like right where you are or a couple steps ahead so that you can just encourage each other and be on this journey together. Uh, I love that. Well, this has been, this has been great. I've loved this conversation and tell us where we can connect with you and go follow you and and learn more about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so people can find me, my website is my, my first and last name. So it's www.kerstinkirchsteiger.com. And I have a freebie on there that's forward slash checklists. And it's basically a tool that I created for my kids to become more independent with everyday tasks, like getting out of the door for their favorite sports. Mm-hmm. Because I always felt that I was the bottleneck getting them out of the door and I was feeling frustrated. I wanted to teach them the skills and now they can do it independently. So if anybody's interested in that, yeah, that's a freebie that I have. And then um, I'm on social media. I have a Facebook group, Work Life Flow. I have the podcast, Work Life Flow, if anybody wants to listen. It's a little bit homeschooling heavy. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's basically tips and tricks and how people navigate mainly working moms. I have some dads on there too. Yeah. Uh, how they navigate work-life integration and what it means to be a leader in the home for them. That's awesome. I love it. Well, yeah, everybody go get that freebie. I just signed up for it yesterday. I'm about about to dig into it. And so, um, but yeah, thank you so much, Kirsten, for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I would love to hear what you thought of it. So please screenshot it and tag me on Instagram. This also helps your friends find the show. You can also send me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or send me an email. And if you want support and accountability as you start to make positive shifts in your life, come check out my membership at prettysurewecandobetter.com. We have a community of people working on all sorts of amazing things. We have group accountability check-ins, co-working sessions, coaching from me, and an ongoing library of resources that will help you on your journey. I can't wait for you to check it out and I'll see you next week.